Hey everyone, it's Pacific. Just a few quick things to talk about this week, and then uh, a very fun episode edited by Danny. First, Tom Roy Parsons is our composer. He is an incredibly phenomenal composer. Uh, He makes an original score for every single episode, every single week. And you can find all of his music on Bandcamp. Simply go to Tom Rory Parsons, that's with an S, .bandcamp.com, and check out all of Tom's amazing music. Tom just released the full album for SCP-1730, which you may remember as our crazy, uh, almost 40-character, four-hour mega episode. Uh, and the score for it is equally incredible, and you should go check it out. Again, you can find all of that at TomRoryParsons.bandcamp.com. Second, this summer, the creators of The Boo Crew, Trevor and Lauren Shand, have introduced a new anthology fiction podcast to our network. It's called Bleeder's Digest, and you can find a link for it in our show notes below. I highly encourage you to check out Bleeder's Digest. That's Digest, D-I-E-G-E-S-T, because, you know, Digest. It's a wonderful horror anthology with amazing music, uh, stunning sound design, and some incredible stories, and I highly encourage you to check it out. Again, check our show notes for a link to that, or you can simply find it wherever you listen to podcasts by looking up Bleeder's Digest. And again, that's Digest, D-I-E-G-E-S-T. And on that note, this week's episode... Warning. The Foundation database is classified. Unauthorized access will result in detainment. Within this archive, you'll find the procedures, descriptions, and accounts of the most notorious anomalies we've encountered to date. Secure. Contain. Protect. Item number SCP-3017. Object class, neutralized. Previously, Euclid. Special containment procedures, updated. Cooper Hopkins cremated remains have been scattered over 72 locations, all of which are under automated surveillance. The locations are stored in individual files under separate subdirectories under level four clearance. Any attempt to access any of these files pertaining to the location of the remains, intentionally or otherwise, will automatically alert RISA administrators. All personnel attempting to access these files are to be administered Class A amnestics and removed from active duty for a period of no less than two weeks. If symptoms of SCP-3017-A appear in any Foundation personnel and persist following administration of Class A amnestics, SCP-3017 will be redesignated as Euclid. All procedures will be drafted, and all affected personnel will be given further amnestic therapy on a case-by-case basis. Symptoms of exposure may include repeated or prolonged access to this file and related files, attempting to access files pertaining to the location of Hopkins' remains, attempting to access the remains themselves, creation of additional material related to SCP-3017, and any attempt to violate these containment procedures. Access logged. Special Containment Procedures, original. SCP-3017 is contained in a standard humanoid containment cell in Area 55. The entrance to the cell is to be guarded at all times by no fewer than three armed security personnel. Visual and audio feeds at the inside of the cell are to be monitored at all times by no fewer than three security personnel. Any malfunctioning cameras or microphones must be repaired without delay. 
Personnel interacting with SCP-3017 are not to do so continuously for more than one hour without level 4 approval. Any personnel exhibiting violent or obsessive behavior towards SCP-3017 are to be administered a Class A amnestic. SCP-3017-1 instances are to remain under surveillance by clandestine assets. Any attempts by SCP-3017-1 to raise awareness of SCP-3017's containment or the containment of other SCP-3017-1 instances shall be dealt with via standard information suppression techniques to prevent any security breach. Individual instances may be contained for the purposes of extracting information from SCP-3017 or to discourage lack of cooperation. All additional privileges are to be given to SCP-3017 for good behavior. Lack of cooperation by SCP-3017 may be dealt with by withholding of rations for no more than 24 hours, removal of basic amenities, sleep deprivation, corporal punishment, containment of SCP-3017-1 instances, and threat of harm of SCP-3017-1 instances. Description Void as of 1-1-2017 SCP-3017 is Cooper Hopkin, a male aged 25 years old at the time of initial containment. SCP-3017 is believed to have extensive ties to several anomalous groups and is suspected of having committed multiple robberies, assaults, and murders. SCP-3017 has been arrested 23 times, but has never been formally indicted, most likely due to its secondary effect. SCP-3017's primary anomaly affects all subjects coming in close proximity. Subjects who make direct visual contact or engage in conversation with SCP-3017 have a 1-5 to chance per minute of becoming spontaneously aware of SCP-3017's criminal disposition. Subjects do not gain knowledge of SCP-3017's specific crimes, only a general understanding of its violent nature. Subjects exposed to SCP-3017 for periods greater than one hour may begin to experience a compulsion to ensure SCP-3017 remains incarcerated. Further exposure can result in obsessive or violent behavior, though this is easily remedied with amnestic treatment. SCP-3017's secondary anomaly manifests in the ability to evade extended incarceration. This effect is believed to be voluntary, but the exact mechanism for the phenomena is unknown. SCP-3017's secondary anomaly has been a severe barrier to containment, but can be mitigated with the use of SCP-3017-1. SCP-3017-1 is the collective designation for 14 people who are entirely immune from SCP-3017's primary effect and are unable to be convinced of SCP-3017's criminal activity. A table of all current known SCP-3017-1 instances can be found under addendum 3017-1-A. The threat of incarceration, harm, or death of SCP-3017-1 instances greatly reduces the effects of SCP-3017 secondary anomaly. The use of SCP-3017-1 for this purpose has been shown to be far more effective than conventional disciplinary action and serves the dual function of being an incentive for SCP-3017 to divulge sensitive information. However, conventional means are generally preferred to the logistical constraints. The use of SCP-3017-1 is a preferred method for obtaining information from SCP-3017. Addendum 3017-1-A the following is a list of known SCP-3017-1 instances and their relation to SCP-3017. Designation name, age, and relation to SCP-3017. Vivian Hopkins Fortune, 48. Mother, Beck Hopkins Sr., 
49, father. Zara Hopkin, 18, sister. Beck Hopkin Jr., 16, brother. Max Hopkin, 11, brother. Tabitha Fortune, 78, maternal grandmother. Nadia Alvin, 24, fiance. Eugene Stein, 26, former classmate. Anna Meyer, 25, former classmate. Victor Abbott, 27, former romantic partner. Max Frederick, 35, neighbor. Caitlin Adelardi, 22, former romantic partner. Addendum, mitigation of SCP-3017 secondary effect. Following repeated attempts at containment breach by SCP-3017, Dr. Paris Karan and researcher Kathleen Gakema began an investigation of subjects' previous incarcerations. It was discovered that shortly prior to SCP-3017's 22nd arrest and longest period of police incarceration, SCP-3017-1-04 was diagnosed with leukemia. A proposal was approved to investigate how SCP-3017's perception of SCP-3017-1's well-being could be used to mitigate its secondary effect. The following interview was conducted by researcher Gakema on 1-29-2016. Begin log. Good afternoon, SCP-3017. So, you've been giving the guards a hard time lately. No, I haven't. Look, if this is about the other day, I already told you that I didn't do anything. You were trying to escape. I was walking to the bathroom, and he tackled me. I would have done the same if you were trying to attack me. I barely even looked at him. Are we seriously getting into this again? You know what? You're right. Dr. Kieran already went through this with you. Yeah, I've had enough of her to last me a lifetime. <laughs> Haven't we all? <clears throat> well... You mentioned your brother just a moment ago. He finished his treatment just this past June, right? Yeah, he did. Why? Did... Did something happen to Beck? No, no. Uh, not as far as we know. Then what are you getting at? Well, we've received word that your grandmother has been diagnosed with lung cancer. What? She went to a clinic about... Yeah, I heard you. I, I understand that you're upset... But yes, we... I'm upset. I'm goddamn upset. I'm upset that you guys are keeping me here when something like this happens. I need to be there for her. I need to be there for my family. I'm sorry, but we can't let you go. You need to understand this. No, you need to understand. Stop! This is important, and I need you to listen, okay? <sighs> Fine. Right now, the doctors think they can treat it. If all goes well, she'll be fine. But in order for that to happen, we need you to cooperate. What do you mean? What I mean is... <laughs> Look, it wasn't my decision, but if you keep trying to pull all the stuff with the guards, we won't let her get the treatment. But... But that's crazy. You can't do that. It wasn't my call. I'm sorry. No, you can't do this! This is just what they decided to do, and I can't change that. I get it. You're upset, and you're worried. But right now, the best thing you can do for her is cooperate with us, all right? But I can't just stay here. I, I need to be with her. You can't right now. I'm sorry. I know you care about her. But if you want to help her, you have to stop all these escape attempts. I... I... Can you at least keep me updated on how she's doing? I'll try. All right, then. I'll do what you want. And log...
SCP-3017 has not attempted to breach containment in the four months following this recommendation. Currently, monitoring of SCP-3017-1-06 has shown no major chronic health problems. Addendum Memorandum 2-19-2016 Given SCP-3017's known and suspected ties to anomalous groups, the subject is a potential goldmine of information. Thus far, however, all conventional methods of interrogation have failed to yield any useful intelligence. With so much valuable intelligence to be obtained, we must look into alternative means of getting the subject to divulge the information we need. SCP-3017's secondary effect has been shown to be mitigated by the belief that SCP-3017-1 instances are in some form of danger. The secondary effect is a voluntary on SCP-3017's part. It is mitigated when SCP-3017 does not want to escape or is more concerned with other matters. Thus, its concern for those it considers close outweighs its desire to escape. Our psychological evaluation of SCP-3017 highlights this attribute as a dominant part of its personality. The possible application here is obvious. SCP-3017-1 may be just the incentive we need to finally extract the information we need. By containing individual instances of SCP-3017-1 and convincing SCP-3017 that they are in danger, I believe the subject will be far more cooperative. SCP-3017-1 are classified as anomalous, and as such it is within our jurisdiction to contain them if need be. I propose that we contain individual instances on a temporary basis as needed, and then administer an amnestic and release them. At the expense of a few resources, we may soon have access to large amounts of intelligence. Dr. Kieran. Proposal approved by Area 55 Director Rudolph, 2-21-2016. Interview, INT 3016-13. On 3-13-2016, SCP-3017-1-07 was placed into containment at Area 55 in order to evaluate the efficacy of using SCP-3017-1 instances to gather intelligence from SCP-3017. The following interview was conducted by Dr. Kieran while SCP-3017-1-07 was contained on site. Begin log. SCP-3017, do you believe you are ready to cooperate with us and provide us with the information we have been requesting regarding the Serpent's Hand? For the love of God, I keep telling you that I don't know what that is. Very well. In that case, please look at the screen and tell me what you see. SCP-3017 looks at the screen of Dr. Kieran's computer, which displays the live feed of SCP-3017-1-07's containment cell. Subject displays shock. Why the hell are you showing me this? Answer my question, SCP-3017. What do you see on the screen? I see that you sick fucks are trying to make me think my girlfriend's been kidnapped. SCP-3017-1-07 has been detained and placed into our custody. Now... Subject stands up and slams its hands on the table. Why? My brother and my grandma might both be dying, and you're just going to keep me here and kidnap Nadia? You're all fucking psychos! Sit down, or I will have the guards remove you back to your cell. Subject sits back down. That's better. Now, you have refused to provide the information we've been requesting over the course of your containment. We need that information, and we need it now. That is why we have decided to see if you would be more cooperative with the new incentive. You, you can't do this to her. She hasn't done anything. 
Please, I swear to God, she'll, she'll go insane in here. She'll die. I can't let you do this. If you give us what we want, then SCP-3017-1-7... She has a name. Are you really If you that... give us the information we need, she will not be harmed. She will be released from our custody and sent home with no memory of this. But I already said I don't know anything. How can I tell you what I don't fucking know? We both know that isn't true. The hell it isn't. Besides, how do you expect me to trust you to let her go? You've been keeping me here for God knows how long and for what? Zilch! And now you want to do the same to her? How do I know that you won't just- SCP-3017, do you want to find out what will happen to her if you continue to be uncooperative? SCP-3017 covers its face with its hands and is silent for several seconds before responding. I'll... I guess I'll try to tell you something. I don't know much about it, but I'll try. Subsequent dialogue classified. End log. Note. Extensive information regarding several groups, particularly Serpent's Hand, was obtained during this interview. SCP-3017-1-07 was subsequently amnestitized and released. Addendum. Memorandum. 3-20-2016. In the course of looking over the information provided by SCP-3017 during the interview on March 13, 2016, I have found a great deal of inconsistency. In particular... Tacoma Anomaly really doesn't make sense when considering SCP-3017's history. Furthermore, much of his story doesn't match up at all from information we've obtained from both field agents and from members of The Serpent's Hand. I seriously doubt that SCP-3017's information can be considered reliable. I don't know if I... I don't know if it just doesn't know anything or if it's still determined to keep information away from us. But I suspect the latter right now. Researcher Gaikema. Interview. INT 3017-24. By 4-16-2016, SCP-3017-1-05, 08, 10, and 12 had all been detained as further incentive for SCP-3017's cooperation. On 4-16-2016, Dr. Kieran was given special clearance to conduct the following interview. Prior to the interview, SCP-3017-1-10 was sedated and removed to a separate cell. Interviews conducted by SCP-3017 in the adjacent observation room. Begin log. Okay, let's start. SCP-3017, I'm going to show you an object, and then I'm going to ask you to tell me what you think it is. Fine. Let's get this over with. Dr. Kieran places a spent hollow-point bullet on the table. I have no idea what that is. All right, now I'm going to show you another object, and I want you to do the same thing. Dr. Kieran places an unspent hollow-point bullet on the table, followed by several seconds of silence. That's a bullet. Very good. Now do you have a better idea as to what the first object was? It's a bullet too, then? Is it? I, I don't know. Yes, it's a bullet. Why do you think it's shaped like that? Several seconds of silence pass. Okay, how about I tell you then? These are hollow points. The reason the bullet is shaped like that is because it was fired through something. Dr. Kieran rises from her chair 
and activates the lights in the adjacent cell. And in that room is what I fired it through. Take a look. I'll kill you. What was that? SCP-3017 stands up. I'll kill you, you fucking bastard. Dr. Karen quickly produces a pistol and aims at SCP-3017. Sit back down. Now. SCP-3017 sits back down, is now breathing heavily. This is what happens when you lie to us. Please. The more you lie, the worse this is going to get for you. Now, are you going to give us the information we need, or not? I don't know anything. I'm sorry. Just please. That's bullshit, and we both know it. Are you going to shoot me or not? Dr. Kieran fires the pistol at the acrylic glass observation window. We're sick of your games. Start telling the truth, or I will shoot him again. I can't. Why would you... Oh, God. SCP-3017 begins crying for several minutes. Interview terminated. SCP-30-1-10 and SCP-3017 were uninjured and returned to containment. End log. Hey everyone, it's Pacific here with a quick ad break. And a reminder, you can get ad-free experience at patreon.com slash scp underscore pod. Or, if you're listening to our show on Apple Podcast, simply click subscribe, and for just seven fifty a month, you can get ad-free access to all Midnight Disease shows, like The Hotel, The Theater of Tomorrow, Margaret's Garden, and much more. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And now, back to our show. Addendum 3017-1, G35A. On 4-29-2016, researcher Guy Kemla submitted the following proposal to Area 55 Director Rudolph. After looking further into our documentation, I've been shocked to see that practically no concrete evidence of SCP-3017's criminal history, anomalous or otherwise, actually exists. I can find no physical evidence, no photographic evidence, and no video or audio recordings. All that we have is witness testimony, but given SCP-3017's mind-affecting properties, I do not believe any of this can be considered valid. I am becoming more and more convinced that my earlier conclusion regarding SCP-3017 was wrong. I think it honestly does not know the information that we've been asking, and has been making up information so as to protect SCP-3017-1. Not only do I believe further efforts to gain information for SCP-3017 are useless, I am also convinced that our current attempts may be a violation of ethics protocol. Right now, SCP-3017 is still convinced that its grandmother has cancer, and that we shot its ex-boyfriend dead right in front of it. On that note... 
How were Dr. Kieran's actions from two weeks ago not grants for a reassignment at the very least? I am formally requesting that all SCP-3017-1 instances be released until we can do more thorough investigation. This has gone too far. At the recommendations of Dr. Kieran, researcher Gakema has been redesignated SCP-3017-1-13 and placed under containment. Incident I-3017-5-17-2016 on 5-17-2016, Gakema escaped from her cell with the assistance of security guard Rudolf Karadad. Gakema proceeded to manually trigger Area 55's breach alarm. The security officer Karadad directed security officers stationed at SCP-3017 cell to seek shelter elsewhere in the facility. Gakema then proceeded to enter SCP-3017 cell and assisted the subject in escaping containment. Security personnel were unable to apprehend SCP-3017 or Gakema and both are believed to escape the facility. Security Officer Karadad was redesignated SCP-3017-1-14 and placed under containment. Dr. Kieran was reported missing following the event, but reappeared at Area 55 on 5-25-2016. Incident I-3017-1-N On 5-23-2016, at approximately 0300 hours local time, a fire began at SCP-3017's previous residence. The fire quickly spread, destroying the residents in two adjacent houses. SCP-3017-1-01 through-07 and-11 perished in the fire, along with two civilians. The cause of the fire was found to be arson. Incident I-3017-EX SCP-3017 was found dead on 5-24-2016. Subject is believed to have jumped from a bridge approximately one kilometer from its previous residence. Kakemo was recovered nearby and recontained without resistance. The following interview was conducted with Kakemo by Dr. Kieran two days later. Begin log. All right, you're aware of all the procedure here, so I'll just get right. Don't try to act like this is a normal thing, Paris. We both know it's not. If you're asking about the breach, Rudy will be able to fill you in on everything. He did all the work there. I'm not interested in the breach. I'm interested in what transpired with you and SCP-3017 after you managed to escape. <laughs> we hitchhiked to... Tacoma. His house burned down. He jumped into traffic. I don't want to talk about this. We need specifics. Okay. Fine. Specify what you want to know. Alright, tell us about when you arrived in Tacoma. Well, we got to the outskirts at something like three or four in the morning. The fire had already started by then because we could see the light of it. Fraser was leading the way, just getting more and more panicked. And I realized the fire was around where his house was. He broke into a sprint, and I lost him for a little bit, but I just followed the flames, and I found him staring at a disaster area. While you were in the vicinity, did you see anyone suspicious? Anyone at all? We only saw the firefighters. Are you absolutely sure? Yes. I'm pretty damn sure. The house was nearly coming down when I got there, so if someone said the fire, they were probably long gone at that point. 
And, uh, how was SCP-3017 acting at that point? What the hell do you expect? I went to try and hold him back because I thought he was going to try and go in. But it started collapsing and he just fell to his knees. I guess I think he knew it was too late at that point. He cried for so long, and I just tried to get him away from the fire at that point. How long would you say you remained there? I have no clue. I managed to get him to go a little further down the street. But after that, he didn't move until the sun had come up. How was... How would you describe SCP-3017's behavior at that point? What do you think? Please, just describe it for me. He was... <laughs> scared. And just... Broken. I got him away from that street, and then he started muttering to himself. I don't want to die. And I tried to tell him that he was safe, but he was just so... Broken. I've never seen... God. I've never seen anyone that... That shattered. Goddamn. I can't do this. I... I took him to the motel a little bit close by and bought a room with some cash... Rudy gave us. When he was calm enough, I left him there to see if I could get any info, see if anyone got out, but... God. I wanted to lie to him. Just tell him something that didn't hurt him. That they were... SCP-3017-1-13 covers her face with her hands. Rachel, do you want to take a break for now? We can... No! You're going to hear all of this right now! You didn't see him. You didn't get to see any of it. But I did. He... I went to sleep that night. And when I woke up the next morning, he was gone. He was already dead. Do you have any idea, any at all, as to why SCP-3017 decided to end its own life? <laughs> Gee, I don't know. He spent five days trying to get back home and see his family, only to watch them die in a fire. Maybe that was the reason. Or maybe it was because he finally thought for a second that they were going to be okay. That for once they'd all have their lives back. Is that reason enough? Is it? I told him about all those things we lied to him about. I told him how long I'd been lying to him. And he didn't care. He wasn't mad. He was so happy. He was so ready to see those people. He was just so happy. Just wanted to live for them. He wanted to live so much. He didn't want to die. I... I see. He was so scared. 
He didn't want to die. I don't believe it for a second. End log. SCP-3017 has been redesignated as neutralized. Description. Updated. SCP-3017 was a designation for Cooper Hopkin, a male aged 27 years old at the time of his death. Subjects who made direct visual contact or engaged in conversation with Hopkins had a 1-5% chance per minute of developing SCP-3017-A. SCP-3017-A refers to a cognitohazardous effect, which resulted in subjects developing a compulsion to have SCP-3017 in their custody. Subjects affected by SCP-3017-A perceived SCP-3017 as a dangerous criminal with an unusually effective ability to escape incarceration. SCP-3017-A often resulted in subjects developing obsession with Hopkin and resisting any attempt to remove him from their vicinity. Treatment with Class A amnestics was shown to alleviate SCP-3017-A. However, symptoms would return immediately upon subsequent exposure to SCP-3017. SCP-3017-1 was the collective designation for 12 close members of Hopkins' inner circle and two Foundation personnel who were immune to the effects of SCP-3017-A. As the effects of SCP-3017-A ceased upon Hopkins' death, the remaining living instances of SCP-3017-1 are no longer considered anomalous. SCP-3017-1-08, 2-10, and 12 have been released back into general population following amnestic treatment. Researcher Guy Kemma and Security Officer Karadat, previously SCP-3017-13 and-14, have been reinstated in Foundation employment. Reports of Hopkins' criminal history, as well as his supposed ties to anomalous groups, are unsubstantiated. All investigations into criminal and anomalous ties have been closed. This episode was made possible thanks to our patrons. Joining us this week was Ethan Wilde, Liam Schmidt, FluffyBear76, Sean Gordon, Pixel Pumpkin, Roan, Tapechka, Jacob Ament, Connor Stevens, and Patrick Sweeney. This episode also features one of our patrons' names. At $10 and above, you can get your name in an episode of SCP Archives been a while since we've done this one, but this week we're glad to have Rachel Gaikima joining our crew of characters. SCP-3017 was written by Waterfire. Our host and narrator is John Grills. Rachel was Alyssa Park. SCP-3017 was Fletcher Armstrong. And Kieran was Nicole Goodnight. Our assistant editor is Jesse Hall, and our sound designer is Danny Sweet. All of our music is done by the incredible Tom Rory Parsons, and I'm your showrunner, Pacific S. Obadiah. Our producers are Tom Owen and Brad Miska, and this is a bloody disgusting podcast. <laughs>